Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 137 with Rishi Rana uh, with People Admin. So this one focuses on the experiences of faculty uh, in so much as their work, obviously, is directly correlated to the experience of students and their success. So uh, faculty need to be equipped with helpful platforms and uh, the right tools uh, to support their work and all the different things that they do uh, so that they can better focus on their students. So uh, it was really great to hear Rishi's perspective, uh, his long career, different places, and uh, his passion and kind of what brought him to this work in education. Uh, so definitely check out uh, People Admin and uh, connect with Rishi to keep the conversation going. Uh, as always, check out the merch store as well. There's some great sales going on. Uh, it really does help to support the show. And without further ado, this is episode number 137 with Rishi Rana. All right. I am excited today to be exploring uh, things a little bit more on the faculty side of things, a uh, world that I'm not terribly familiar with. Uh, so always do appreciate these opportunities as we've been uh, lucky to have them this season uh, to kind of explore areas that we've not uh, delved into in the show and certainly are going to be very educational uh, for me. So um, we'll start out as we always do uh, with introductions and professional journeys. Uh, Rishi, if you want to uh, just, yeah, tell everybody uh, kind of how you got to be where you are today. Uh, thank you, Dustin. Uh, good to be talking today. Uh, uh, I think a little bit about myself. Yes, I've been uh, in the software industry for almost about 24 years now after I graduated from uh, Texas A&M and very proud of that, post that. Uh, did a couple of stints and then worked for Microsoft for the longest part of my career, uh, which uh, was good over 13 plus years. Uh, post that, uh, I've been working for uh, Vista uh, private equity-led uh, portfolio companies. So I've run three businesses for them. This is my third business that I'm running for them. Uh, very proud to be part of this journey as well. Uh, in And in the last, I would say about 10 years, uh, uh, this being the third business, uh, which is geared towards, uh, from a higher ed perspective in people admin, what we do is we we help solve problems in higher education, which has not been solved by others. So we partner for certain solutions. We build things from scratch to solve those problems and, and, uh, and then continue to enhance what we have done uh, as part of this entire journey uh, has been uh, in the last three years, built a brand new higher ed focused platform that platform, again, assists uh, from a back office perspective for staff and administrators. Uh, it helps faculty uh, 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 aspects of it and which in, in impacting directly to the student outcomes. So now we are solving that direct impact from faculty that helps students be more successful. And that is sort of heart of our mission where we are make, taking education forward. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, just just as important as maybe some of the uh, you know more kind of flashy front you know things and uh, kind of front and center things that people might see or uh, more kind of like household names is obviously you've got to have the back end uh, squared away as well. So um, I guess I'm curious because you know you've worked in a lot of different places, all sort of broadly in technology. But was there anything that like called you into higher education specifically uh, to work kind of in this capacity? Yeah, uh, well, being through higher education, I did my uh, bachelor's and master's both from uh, Texas A&M. So I think from from that perspective, I've been through the journey myself, have always been intrigued uh, on certain processes, certain things that can help elevate uh, higher ed uh, or education, I would say, uh, period to the next level. Uh, when I got this opportunity, I chanced upon it right away uh, because I felt 
that it it was something I can make an impact. Number one, number two, uh, it is there are tons and tons of problems from uh, that we could solve through the software, which could give a better uh, output uh, towards where the students uh, can really leverage. Uh, and and hence I chanced upon uh, tons of white space over here where there are problems that have not been solved. Uh, uh, we have been so focused towards uh, other areas, other industries, should I say, uh, from an education perspective, taking that digitization step forward, uh, getting all the universities, working even with my alma mater for that matter, working with uh, the Ivy Leagues and Harvards of, uh, and, and Columbia's of the world. So it just gives me uh, that extra, uh, you know, sort of going back, almost making me young again, should I say. Uh, so after 24 years of working and, and trying to uh, understand the problems in higher ed space and trying to solve them, it's very intriguing. It's challenging, uh, but it's rewarding as well because you know that you're making an impact uh, to a lot of kids out there who would be graduating, a lot of institutions uh, who are struggling today uh, on, on a lot of fronts from a macroeconomic perspective. We all have heard about uh, the trillion dollar student debt. We have heard about budgets in higher ed that are getting squeezed uh, because of lack of student enrollment and all of that. So if I personally can make an impact, I would really feel uh, fulfilled. Uh, and two, if I can help solve certain problems along the way, hey, nothing like it. So that's what intrigued me uh, when this opportunity came calling. And I said, well, that is, it's, a, it's time for me to step in and, and see if I can, uh, I can uh, make a, ch uh, a change, uh, albeit not that large, but in whatever minuscule way I can. Well, I mean, it all matters, kind of like all of us working together, you know, collectively making our own impacts to, you know, sort of improve things for students. And yeah, I mean, just what you're saying, it just I can I can totally get it. I'm just sort of like a, a fresh new challenge, a tall order, this, you know, kind of overarching imperative to help make sure that, you know, just colleges run as efficiently as possible for the sake of the students and, you know, their their, you know, bottom lines and pocketbooks and everything, you know. Uh, so uh, really appreciate that you felt uh kind of called to action here and um, excited to kind of explore more about the work that you're doing now. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, you mentioned briefly, and I guess just anything else that you maybe want to like dig deeper into or just sort of include, uh, just to make sure that people have a good understanding of what people admin does uh, for institutions across the country. Okay. Uh, no, I think that's a, that's a good. So people admin, uh, I think just to give you a quick introduction, was an Austin-based startup. So Austin, Texas-based startup. Uh, actually, the, the founders of this company did a fantastic job. And I really have to, uh, to uh, my hats off to them for, for, for creating an organization of this magnitude. Uh, they, they did run it for good over 16 years of the entire journey. People admin is today uh, it's 20 years old uh, organization, again, out of Texas, Austin, Texas, is spread across the world as well. Uh, but again, a pioneering job done. Where the founders focused uh, this organization was to solve the back office problems, solve the talent HR administrator problems. And, and that's where the, uh, it, the, the, the entire software push uh, was focused on. Uh, when uh, we I came on board, I came on board uh, along with the rest of the leadership team. Uh, we took upon what was already created, again, a rock solid foundation, uh, but we changed that towards making it more of a SaaS product, uh, making it a complete platform, number one, 
multi-tenant as well so that it can scale to to uh, any level uh, no matter how much transactions one would have on this platform so that was one so we created a very robust platform we we then added a lot of robust engines to it which is more on the uh, the the security side making sure it's pretty strong uh, we do see a lot of uh, attacks uh, etc that is there prevalent today certainly during the pandemic it has taken up right but uh, making sure that the platform is secure because we deal with student data we deal with staff data we deal with faculty data uh, it has to be secure and, and it cannot be uh, broken into so took some special measures there of that engine uh, making sure that we also provided what is a good analytics engine on top of it. So making sure that any data that we have, how do we make sure that that's available on fingertips of, of faculty and, and administrators, be it provost or deans of colleges, where you can, uh, it's insight at the point of action. So is our solution, is our software providing that insight that uh, whether you are an, a, an able administrator of a college or for the entire university uh, are able to look at that and take an action. Uh, and two, uh, are we able to then help digitize so that you don't have to re-enter that data multiple places in order to, to reap the results. So with that uh, as focus, uh, we continue to build our software. Now, what we have done is taken from there, we have expanded to uh, making it a, a marketplace of higher ed connectors. In higher education, I, as I stepped in, I soon saw the need for, uh, there were silos within silos within organizations, so there was software, but the software was not talking to each other, and there were multiple uh, interoperability or interconnectivity problems. So we solved that problem. For example, today we sit over 30-some uh, connectors, and we are going to continue to build connectors so that we help solve the problem of, of interconnectivity, interoperability. Uh, it's a huge uh, headache for the IT uh, teams uh, within each university, within each college who are battling with this on, on a daily basis. So we're creating those secure connectors uh, that help data transfer uh, real time uh, uh, and bi-directional as well. So if it needs to be updated on other software, we're able to do that. Again, we're the only ones within higher education that have produced these connectors focused towards higher ed needs. So that's one, one area that we have expanded into. The second area that we expanded into uh, is on the faculty side now. Uh, a stark uh, revelation was, uh, and as we started on our journey, uh, even today, a good 90% of the institutions uh, do not have a, a robust faculty information system or faculty digitization. A lot of data is still being entered via emails or Excel spreadsheets uh, in order to, uh, to do basics. For example, even course management, uh, if you took a look at each semester, uh, which uh, professor, which uh, faculty is teaching what courses, what's the workload, uh, a faculty's life is very uh, uh, is split into multiple areas. Uh, they have to work on research, as an example. They have to work on uh, obviously teaching classes to students. Uh, they have to fill for grants and papers. So there's multi multitude of activities. And, and how do you measure that? How do you make sure that everybody has the right uh, set of data with them in order to get their job done? So if you're pub publishing even a research, uh, how do you make sure that uh, you have the right uh, 
connectors that are built and in order for those to be published in the right journals and all of that. So, so there's a huge uh, uh, areas that we could we could go into. So we're building connectors for that. We're again solving those problems. Uh, and last but not the least, which I kind of mentioned, because of our ability to create these connectors, we have become uh, uh, the system of intelligence within higher ed because all the data that we can consume with that data, we provide those very robust uh, insights, predictable analytics uh, uh, so that one can actually look at that and again, take an action, uh, take a make a decision so that you don't have to go collect data and then Things that used to take uh, in certain colleges and universities months and months, we have been able to turn that around into days and even hours worth of uh, efforts to in order to get that done. So very proud of that uh, part of it, where, what my team has done, what my engineering team certainly has been able to unearth and get, create that. So, so in a nutshell, if I have to summarize it, Again, back office uh, operations and solutions, number one, we focus on that. We create the marketplace of connectors for what is needed across a plethora of software silos within higher education. And the and, and then the third piece to it is the faculty uh, information systems and, and digitization of that, which uh, has a, with, with a direct correlation to student outcomes and student success. So how is faculties teaching, et cetera, is impacting that? So again, we're the only ones uh, throughout the software organization of uh, of my la larger fraternity of software uh, uh, com uh, companies and organizations out there that we are building that uh, that solution. Uh, uh, we have we have scaled to a certain level. We have to do a lot of more work in order to be holistic across the board. Well, I appreciate you sharing all that context. It's uh, certainly very helpful to know. And I mean, yeah, the idea, like I'm sure it's ringing in people's heads just like mine, where it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess there should be like a faculty information system because I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, they, they do a lot, uh, a lot of different kind of work. And they're sort of ill-served by if you have like, you know, an HR system. And certainly, obviously, a student information system is tailored towards a completely different kind of constituency. So, um yeah, I mean, helping faculty do all of the different things that they do uh, that much better and, you know, having kind of a common record and, yeah, there's analytics and uh, reporting and everything, obviously, so, so important, um, you know, and obviously, it's a really crucial work that faculty are doing and should be able to uh, focus on or just kind of do uh, efficiently is, uh, you know, supporting their students, but then there's, you know, a lot of other stuff yeah. going on, too, so. Yeah, I think one thing Dustin, I, I, I wanted to emphasize and mention was that what we are also doing through our software is not only solving the big ticket problems, we're also taking away the mundane activities uh, that are are prevalent uh, that that uh, that faculty has to do. So again, digitizing a lot of all of those items so that making sure that one does not have to uh, have to worry about uh, uh, those areas. One as in faculty does not have so so they can they can take those mundane activities out of the way, they can get it easily done. And then they focus their time towards research, towards students, which is where uh, an institution gets a better impact, which is where higher, higher ed uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a vertical, as an industry gets a better impact as well. Kind of what I wanted to like lead into that is like, you know, uh, you know, you do have some unique insights and things through the work that you do. So like, you know, just getting your perspectives on, um, 
you know, the, the work of faculty right now, like, what do you see as some of the struggles faculty face when managing their time? Because like, the whole sort of premise or purpose or need for like a faculty information system would say that there are some of those like friction points. And like a lot of things that you mentioned of a kind of like, you know, siloing and things, you know, so uh, yeah, what do you see as some of those struggles that faculty face uh, managing their time? Yeah, uh, I think that's a very good question. And, and I think that's one of the problems, one of the many problems that we are solving. So within that faculty information system, I think I think about uh, uh, entire life cycle management of a faculty. Faculty can be from a adjunct faculty to a full uh, tenured faculty towards uh, uh, a, a, a different levels of uh, rising up to all the way to the deans and provosts levels. So everyone has a, a, a journey towards that. So what that what is that life cycle uh, looks like? We look at it from a, a faculty activity reporting. So uh, activities, uh, as uh, as we were talking earlier, was more more on the lines of uh, uh, whether I'm teaching in a class. I as a faculty, I'm, I'm teaching a course or multiple courses each semester. How much of my time is going in research? Because obviously we have to. Uh, fact, higher ed is the place where much of the problems are getting solved as well, uh, and uh, much of the higher level problems are getting solved. Uh, so where is that research time going in? And the third is more from an operational perspective or administrative perspective, where faculty has to spend a lot of time, whether it is in, in meetings, whether it is filling out grants, whether it is applying for those grants, whether it is applying for that research, in different areas. So those being uh, the three uh, major ones. Uh, what, what we don't have uh, today from a faculty digitization and information systems perspective is, for example, a, a dossier system, uh, which is nothing but a file-based system where somebody can take it offline, can take, I can, I have a file explorer, for example, if I'm using Windows, uh, or, or I'm using a Mac system, I, I store my documents in a certain folder. But faculty, because of the research and because of all the teaching and courses and course materials and tests and all of that, there is a, a, a plethora of documents that one needs to carry with them. Uh, and it needs to be digitized that it is uh, uh, available anytime, anywhere. I'm, I, I, as a faculty, I can have it on my handheld devices. I could have the same version on my desktop, I could have the same version on my iPads, etc. So how do you make that? And, and it has to be offline. I can work on it offline. When I go online, I sync up and it all gets synced up as well. So, so making it easy for, for that. And again, there's a lot of documentation uh, that needs to be there. Uh, with that, we need uh, what is a data service. In the data service, uh, what we need is uh, for all of these uh, items to be connected to each other whether I'm reporting on an activity within a university or a college, uh, if I'm working on a research, how do I make sure that the right level and the right formatting and the right, uh, and this is what I term as mundane activities, which is to say, uh, I'm doing research, I should focus on, on the research and, and the outcome of it, as opposed to uh, the formats that I need to follow based on the journal uh, acceptances and all of that. So how do I make sure that happens? And that data service helps uh, transform uh, a basic uh, research written paper on, on, a, on a simple word document into that research journal with the right uh, level of uh, 
changes and, and uh, items that would be needing and things and point out for things that are missing as well so that faculty can easily go and uh, and publish those out um, or a team of researchers who are working on it can easily go fill that so again you're you're taking the mind towards where it can where it can make the biggest of the impacts and and the uh, the lesser activities are all automated and 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 helping uh, get there last but not the least is is actually how do i then correlate as uh, from a perspective of based on the faculty inputs uh towards a student outcome we could have for example uh, a set of students in in a certain semester with an average gpa of x but you go to another semester with the same course uh, same things being taught. Uh, it is x uh, uh, x minus two uh, from a GPA perspective across the entire students. So one would like to understand what happened here. Was it that uh, the students uh, were not was them part of the education that changed? Did we change certain course materials? Did we change the tests the way we were testing, etc.? So there can be multiple variables towards uh, what is working and what is not working, uh, uh, and Again, with the goal that we have to impart knowledge, we have to make, we have to impart, impart knowledge as from a faculty perspective, from a student perspective, it is how do I learn and grow and how do I gain those additional skills and why I came here for, for in higher education. So are the skills being imparted correct? Are we making uh, students who are graduating uh, ready for the workforce? How do you gauge that? How do you make sure that that impact from a faculty to student can be measured? Again, it's a, it's a, it's easier said than done from from a problem perspective. We have cracked uh, our with our partnership uh, with Influx, as another organization that we are working with, in in order to crack this uh, amalgamation of faculty's impact on students and student outcomes for all the nursing, pharmaceutical, and medical colleges. So we have been able to get that. Uh, and, 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 and then to sum, summarize all of it, it is accreditations. So there are multiple of them that is required uh, uh, depending upon which college, which area of focus uh, there are. There can be anywhere between five to almost 17 or 18 accreditations that are required by each college, each university which sets the standards and which is very very important by the way to follow because that sets the standards for for future and road ahead and growth so so uh, so again just to bullet uh, itemize it the faculty information system is about life cycle management it's about faculty activity reporting it's about having that dossier system it's having that data service that have connectors built in it uh, making sure that there is uh, there's in the life cycle management there's review of promotions and tenure part of it uh, how how does that work uh, and and last but not the least and that is actually the most important one how is faculty's activity then impacting student outcomes I mean that's definitely like you know kind of getting to the apex of what I wanted to talk about here but I mean yeah so much of what you're saying just makes a whole lot of sense and just knowing like certain trend lines of like the things that I've been thinking about or seeing uh, and being effective can sort of apply in this space as well of, uh, you know, just sort of a truism that I, I hold on to a lot is just like, you know, technology is best when it sort of helps get things out of your way, you know, like the way that you're talking about with certain processes and stuff. And then 
yeah, just broadly transparency and, you know, just the efficiency of like, you know, it doesn't require like one system to rule them all, but like, you know, at the very least, yeah, there's connectors to like, okay, well, this thing's really well suited to do, you know, be our sort of SIS with like course registrations and grades and stuff. But like, we can get that information fed in here to reflect and report and process it and make decisions based on it just because like, that's just not the strong suit of, you know, other tools that we have and those sort of things. But um, yeah, all, all really interesting stuff. I think, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you're, you're, you're thinking about all these sort of like big questions and, you know, setting systems up to help folks uh, do all this work uh, uh, better and smarter. So um, yeah, but, you know, just to sort of ask the kind of pointed question here next, like with all of this being said, like, you know, say you've got a whole team of faculty equipped with, uh, this faculty information system and, you know, they're utilizing it. So like, you know, what are the strategies that they're using to then sort of parlay that sort of framework and everything into being able to like focus more on their students and give them more attention and mentor them and, you know, engage in office hours and those sort of things. Like, you know, what, what are you seeing in, you know, the results as it comes to students and, and their experience? Yeah, I think what what we have done is even our our first version to our third version that we have released this year in in 2021 uh, has been a huge uh, huge change from a UX perspective. So first and foremost, we we built a system to solve the problems. We we are now making it uh, straightforward enough that it is with just maximum two clicks one can get their work done and you can get that data on your fingertips uh, scenario so so our our what we are focused on right now is to how to simplify a lot of this information that can be available and it becomes as easy as uh, using any social media platform uh, the likes of linkedin uh, twitter uh, uh, Facebook, albeit Facebook has lately been uh, under the gun, but uh, making it easy enough for everybody to adapt and adopt to, because it is very, very critical to to gain that acceptance. We have received a, a humongous amount of uh, good inputs. Hey, what if you did this? What if you did that? And we have so so the good part about working, and again, that energizes my entire team and me as well. It is is the inputs we keep on getting from our, our customers, uh, which are faculty and like saying, hey, have you thought about this? Can you can you, can you you help create this connector item for me? Oh, that is actually going to be wonderful if you do that. So so we have been tweaking a lot uh, in order for our product to become that more, more robust and more holistic to uh, again, making it much more easier so that all of these aspects is is a simple click of a button. For example, uh, making the the dossier system, it's just a replica of uh, of what one would have when you, if you're using a Mac or a Windows. So we have done absolutely that again and making sure that it can go offline, it can go online and sync up uh, at any time. We have created those connectors again. If you're working on a different on a specific research, for example, you can just say, oh, okay, I'm working on for this journal. It requires this kind of formatting. We just upload that you you upload your paper it gets done so again taking away those activities these can result in uh, if nothing at least uh, uh, what we have measured is one to one and a half days in per week of time that would have gone in for each faculty within that now let's take do a rough math of it 
there are over uh, 850,000 uh, tenured faculty across, uh, just take North America, uh, across the 5,400 colleges. And you do the math, I think that's the amount of time that we would be saving if everybody would be adopting it uh, and, and we would go about it. So, so that brings uh, better productivity. Uh, and, and Dustin, to your point, uh, that's where the faculty can provide more time to the students, more time, especially to the students who, who might be doing good in one course, but might be struggling in the other one. And they have to gain a holistic skill set before they graduate. So, so holding those office hours, uh, providing that extra help that the students at that time need. Uh, and I know that I'm, while I sit here today uh, talking about it 24 years ago, if I go back to my Texas A&M days, I was, uh, uh, I, I had certain courses in computer science uh, at that time. And uh, uh, I was I was seeking professor's time all like, okay, can you help me teach a little bit more, explain this a little bit more. Uh, and I did get that, but uh, it was, uh, and I could, without all of this digitization, if you put in place, that will give extra time and, and faculty can spend towards that. So I can, I relate that personally, uh, albeit it's a, it's a generation <laughs> of a difference, but then again, uh, it's for us to solve the, the problems of now so that the future is better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, what made me think to get a segue to my next question is that, uh, you know, uh, some faculty may have been teaching since you were in uh, undergrad all the way until now and uh, may unfortunately be doing things the same way decades later and everything. But, uh, you know, because it is just really like creatures a habit. We're going to make patterns and stick to them, you know, with the ways that uh, work well for us and everything. So, you know, I'm imagining, you know, it's a question that's just been in my mind. I've asked it to a few guests recently, but like, you know, because I think it, it, can apply in a different kind of context. Like whenever you're trying to be a change agent, you need to build consensus. You need to bring people together and help them to understand like, you know, why a particular change is taking place. So like in your experience, like working with institutions and faculty and everything, like how have you navigated those sort of like friction points and pushback and confusion and everything to make sure that, you know, everybody's bought in because a lot of these systems are only as good as everybody kind of, you know, opting in and actually using them. Um, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely true. I think uh, what you say, uh, it, it is, and that is, uh, we have realized that our journey of adoption of the product and, 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 uh, and second, because I have done it this way, and hence, it's the right way, or, or I'm not willing to change, uh, does come in the way. So, uh, so I, I, I do, I, I do see that uh, in, 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 in a lot of uh, places. And, and why are we are trying to make it such that it's enticing for some, it is enticing to be in that platform, uh, be on, on those, making it more social media feed-like platform where information of the latest information bubbles to the top, your late, latest action items one needs to take bubbles to the top. So for example, if, some uh, if you're in in a in managing a college or you're managing a department and you have to approve certain things, you have to approve a few areas. Those action items bubble to the top, and our workflow engine is such that it will automatically continue to generate uh, that part. We are also adding machine learning as an example to it, so it only gets better with more data 
as more data gets poured in. So we're able to then bubble up to the top. So you can quickly take those actions. Okay, it's just waiting on my approval. I can, and, and you can quickly see the changes as well on your handheld devices as well. You don't even need to go into details. In the past, the professors had to go back to the email, open those documents, read through changes. Here we are able to actually summarize it all and making sure that you can take a decision uh, in, in a jiffy as opposed to spending hours on it. So that's one of the many changes which makes uh, the life easy and, and, and easier for, for everybody to, to go about it. The tasks that are uh, that anybody's working on and you have to provide an update. Uh, it is a tedious exercise today in, in, in a lot of colleges where uh, uh, you know they go around putting it on, on Excel spreadsheets and then comparing and, and measuring and making sure that we have the time to accomplish all those tasks. Now, all of here, it's all, all automated. It can all be done. And if you don't have that much time, it will warn. The system will warn you that uh, you only have this much faculty and this is not how, how much uh, that can be accomplished. So you're setting up for failure Either that's going to impact students, or it's going to impact research, or it's going to impact the the quality of the content that is being taught in the classes. Because if you fill too much, uh, it is going to have an impact somewhere. Uh, so we're able to predict that part of it based on student outcomes as well. To say if this is what will happen, here's how uh, it is it is impacting and what we need to get corrected. And last but not the least, from a compliance, which is very, very important uh, perspective, is to say, are you compliant? Are you audit ready? Because uh, a, a higher ed institutions should stand, uh, and I strongly believe in it, to, to stand the pressure of, uh, of uh, any, any kind of audit because there's a lot of hard-earned money by parents who pay for their kids to go to college. Uh, and, and it should be such that any any actions, anything that we taught is is auditable, and and, and the money is going towards uh, making students uh, better uh, before they got in and by the time they graduate. So so all those uh, compliances are all taken care of. Uh, you'll certainly have to fill data in order to be compliant, but then it is making it easier, and it's not a tedious exercise of months uh, uh, going through that. So. Again, all of that, we're trying to make it easy, uh, uh, even from a tenure perspective, for example. Uh, again, moving from a adjunct faculty to a full-time faculty could be one, one area to look at from, from different things, moving from a, a faculty, full-time faculty to a tenured faculty, and, and what, are the, uh, what are the items that are required. Again, it's a very, very lengthy, long process, and, and rightly so, because uh, you have to have the sanctity of of that level uh, that somebody has been given to. So making sure that all of that is, is vetted correctly, it, is, it has the right uh, number of reviews, both internally within the college, externally, outside the institution. A lot of uh, universities go for third-party evaluations as well before you go through a tenured process. So how do you collate all of that data while making it uh, democratic and while making it uh, still very robust? So we're making all of that very easy now. We're changing uh, a lot uh, and impacting a lot of change and, and how things were done. Uh, but we're trying to make sure that the, the, the hurdle or the burden to switch from how it is done today to how it will be done uh, with the software is going to be bare minimal. In fact, that experience is going to be better 
than what one has been used to for the last 20 years. Yeah, I do feel like that is probably uh, very compelling when you can kind of show your work and also just make sure that you're uh, kind of uncovering potential blind spots or things where it's just like, yeah, like, would you hold up under kind of some scrutiny? Like if, you know, uh, something needed to be shared out and, you know, all that. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, that, that just having, you know, a clear understanding and aligning to sort of the pain points of faculty and everything and, and uh, yeah, just generally like making their lives easier and uh, helping them to do the work that they need to do uh, better and smarter. So just, uh, I feel like that's like the the line uh, that I'm going to sort of kind of catchphrase here for, um, you know, this episode. So um, as we wrap up, we always like to uh, ask people about uh, any resources that you'd want to share relevant to this topic, any books, blogs, podcasts, or anything that we can uh, put in the show notes. Uh, yeah, I think, I, well, there's, there's certainly a lot uh, of, of blogs out there. I think we publish our own blogs as well, by the way, on, on peopleadmin.com. So one can absolutely go there and, and, and take a look at what we are f- finding. Uh, we, 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 in fact, do a lot of uh, research uh, before we we delve into into enhancing the product or changing or making the software so uh, where it is we are uh, with our focus being again reducing the cost and solving those problems that have not been solved before uh, i would i would certainly suggest if if anybody on the software world is building a platform uh, to the book called platform revolution uh, by uh, geoffrey parker uh, a fantastic fantastic read in my mind uh, uh, that has helped me uh, uh, in, a, in a few places. I continue to refer to it. In fact, it's that that good a book. Uh, I think as far as uh, uh, as uh, as leading the organizations and 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 getting the right-minded people uh, behind it, I would strongly recommend if uh, uh, Patrick Lancioni's uh, "The Five Dysfunctions of a Team" as well. Uh, once you have the right team focused on the right with the right ideas. Uh, uh, solving that problem becomes a lot of fun, uh, and uh, and that journey becomes more of a uh, something of a hobby as opposed to work. So so that's what I'm inculcating in in the team uh, as we continue to build, as we continue to grow and hire more. Uh, by the way, we have a lot of positions open. So Dustin, if you have anybody or if anybody else is listening to this, if they would like to apply, I mean, please please go to our website at peopleadmin.com. Uh, uh, we are actively looking for people who the like mindset uh, who would come and solve uh, these problems ahead of us. Yeah, well, that's uh, a great resource. I know a lot of people are always searching, so I uh, appreciate you uh, kind of raising a flag on that. Um, but then as we end the episode, we do always like to end with a final thought or call to action uh, or anything about this topic that you want to uh, end the episode with. I think call to action is uh, 90% of institutions not in, in North America, which is uh, between US and Canada, I would say, which are the leading institutions across the globe, across the world. Uh, we really, really need to go adopt uh, the digitization. We have to focus ourselves towards students and provide the impact that higher ed institutions uh, should be providing even greater than what we do today. Yeah, well said. And I appreciate all the knowledge and everything that you shared uh, in this episode. Um, We'll definitely have ways to connect with you and people admin, the work that you all are doing uh, as usual in the show notes. But um, just thank you so much for your time. Uh, I greatly appreciate it and uh, helping to help me learn some things and uh, yeah, just helping everybody else to uh, learn some things too. 
No, thank you, Dustin, and I think your your questions were were quite intriguing. In fact, it made me push me push me to think through a lot of things. So thank you again for this uh, talk. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.